I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back to Smash Pod. This is part two. If you want to hear part one, why not go back and listen to that? In the meantime, here's part two. I hope you enjoy. I really do. this you get the very very famous again it comes it pops up in all the moments of, of bond waking up in the middle of the night to find this massive spider crawling all over him and a sheet of perspex as well which i think would be more scary yeah. actually I'm suddenly waking up yeah. there's perspex on it and then a spider <laughs> um it's actually one of my nightmares though that and snakes under sheets i, I still oh. wait i have like not that long ago i fell asleep with a dressing gown on the bed and i thought i was in a pit of snakes and woke up screaming <laughs> thinking the, the dressing gown cord was a, a boa constrictor from moonraker um but yeah there's something primal about spiders and it? it was bob simmons wasn't it it was never connery um yes although again that, uh, sorry as a you know a gay guy looking at connery connery's quite baffled His, whoever did all the uh, the spider arm stuff it's like that's it's kind of hot for the day. That's that's not your Robert Mitchum dad bod. No, that and the snake in Live and Let Die just stuck in my mind when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's and it's not when it's on the floor. It's when it drops out the the, uh, yeah. the air duct plate. Yeah, yeah. Oof. But he beats it to death with a shoe, so that's good. So it's a good cue gadget. In fact, the shoe comes into play twice in this film. It's the best gadget in the film, and uh, and has its own orchestra as well. Because yes. every time he beats it, the orchestra's there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but the next day, he goes back to Government House and wants all the information on Dr. No and Crab Keys, but all the files have gone. And then he notices that uh, Playdell Smith's secretary, Taro, is spying on them through the keyhole. Mm. So instead of sort of saying, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll come around later. Yes, because, well, yes, and I want to take you and your Amy Winehouse Beehive Barnet out for supper. Yeah. Oh, good for him. They did things differently in those days. Mm. But, it, you know, that's just the way. And she lives, she has that beautiful house at the back of a concrete factory. <laughs> yes. So take a left at the concrete mixing factory. You'll, you'll right. find me up there. You'll get a hard one. I, I see what you did there. 
Thanks very much. Uh, but Bond also gets an exciting parcel, which is a Geiger counter, um, which he uses on those rocks, and they go off like crazy. So we know that Dent's not telling truth here. But he doesn't get an HR Giga counter, which is a machine that measures phallic objects. Yeah, no, he just gets the uh, the one from Chernobyl. That's why they did. That's why Chernobyl happened because they they'd lent it to Bond in Jamaica mm. twenty years before. Yeah, but he goes round to um, her house. And on the way there, gets attacked by the three blind mice men. And he kills them via driving a bit better. Oh, that's right. Are they are they in the hearse? Of course they are. Yeah. And he, because Connery, bless him, I don't know if he could drive at the time or what. But he just literally does that thing where you're moving the steering wheel left and right really fast. Yes. Yeah. And they repeat the shot as well. I mean, mm. action films still do that. But they, they come do. around about four corners and it's the same corner each time. Um, yeah. And, that's, and they fly off the cliff. Yeah. In a little joke, because Cubby Broccoli uh, used to work as an undertaker or with an undertaker. So, mm. again, it's one of those little broccoli moments. Undertakers crop up again a little bit in... Uh, well, the, Diamonds of Forever. Yeah, Moon, oh, of course, and Moonraker. Mm. Um, and um, uh, Spectre, I think, has got some... Spectre. Uh, got some coffins, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of coffin going on at the moment, Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so <laughs> Tara, when he arrives at Tara's house, she's very surprised to see him alive because he's supposed to be dead. So he suggests they just have sex, and they do. And he makes a call and says, you know what, maybe we should go for dinner. I'm going to phone us a taxi. Yeah, because there looked look to be a lot of nice restaurants from that airport. Along. certainly did. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's sort of a lovely Thai place that's just opened near the concrete. That's right. And he gets her all dolled up, ready to go out, uh, but he's tricked her because it's not a taxi, it's a car to government house, and she is under arrest. So he's basically deconstructed the eat, shoots and leaves joke. Right, yes, yeah, with a slightly, um, the actress I'm not sure was quite sort of uh, Asian specific, so she's doing that, no. that slight thing that films didn't do for long, and Bond said... No, it, and we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. But no, she also spits in his face, which is not recommended. Not no, not really, not for Connery. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I was about to say something horrible there, but I won't. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <clears throat> so Bond goes home to his hotel, and this is one of my favourite bits because I love this. That he <clears throat> sets himself up in the corner of his room, turns all the lights off, and starts playing solitaire to himself because he knows that they're going to try and knock him off that night. Mm. And as he's sitting there, that hand peers through the door, fires all those rounds into the bed, which is again another brilliantly famous moment. Mm. And he just flicks the light on. And he's just sitting there, cool as a cucumber with his gun pointing at him. Yeah, you've had your six, I've got my whatever. I think that's, for me, that's a better Bond introduction moment than the casino. Because yeah. it's, as soon as something's iconic, it also can be a bit cliched. But yeah, the whole, I think there's more about the character and how he sits. Mm. Um, and just, you know, fires that and the, you know, the silence. It's all about the silencer as well, that. And, and, yes. and a silence is cool. I, I'd love. It also love seems to more. On. Also seems more cold with the silence, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never. I've fired. I've fired a few rifles, but never a handgun. But I'd love to oh. fire a, a silencer. And see how. Yeah. Also, the last shot. He seems to shoot Dent right up the anus. Yeah. Which feels unpleasant. Yes. Yeah. That's that's not how you treat your grinder hookup. But still, still, he was he was thirty meters away. So he said, "Why Maybe not?" Sending a message. Yeah. 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 Try and kill me. I shoot you up the ass. 
Um, so the next day, they he gets with Coral and Felix and says, right, we're going to crab key. So Coral takes him out there. And then they get there. And then Bond's like, right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and he goes off on the beach to go and have a sleep. And I thought, would you? It's not really. You wouldn't get away with that in an action film now, would you? Yeah, I'll just yeah, I'll just have a little nap here before I uh, save the, uh, <laughs> the sort of the uh, John McTiernan tower block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of Die Hard, he's like, I'm just going to go and have a sleep. I'll I'll stop the bomb in a minute. Well, I suppose it's so it affords that moment where he's woken up by the most iconic thing ever in cinema yes. ever, which is Ursula Andress trying not to limp because I think she'd hurt her knee or had some That's injury. Right. Yeah. So she's sort of in abject pain coming out. In fact, that when Craig comes out of the water in Casino Royale, and it's obviously echoing that, he mm. I don't think he'd had an injury, but there was, it was like an inch of water. He had to really yes. hide in the water to sort of... He had to crouch and then stand yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, there's no glamour in Bond. No, absolutely not. If you see any shot of a Bond iconic scene being made, there's always like planks of wood or metal frames in shot, you know, like a behind-the-scenes shot. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's. You don't get glamour. No, no, no. I mean, maybe Halle Berry had a better moment, but she was, I don't know, she was, she was probably being fired off a trampoline at the moment when she springs up in uh, Dine of the Day. Yeah. Yes, I don't like that bit, but we won't talk about that. Um, so they go for their sleep, and then he, he meets... Um, sorry, he meets... I've forgotten her name. I've written it down here, and I've absolutely forgotten it. That's awful. I'll just call her. And then he meets Ursula Andrews. Honey Rider or Honey Charlotte. Honey Rider. Rider. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, it's here. Uh, and he meets Honey Rider and she's collecting shells. But he greets her in the worst way possible. If you are asleep on an island and a lady's coming out of the water singing and you wake up and she says, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> yes. And, and if, don't say, I'm just looking. Mm. I my my memory of that line was slightly ruined because in 1987 when the Living Daylights premiere was held and ITV mm-hmm. Thames TV did its gorgeous amazing hour long showcase of it and it was hosted by Nick Owen TVAM which they always used to do by yeah. the way for every Bond premiere yeah it seems mad now Judith Chalmers yeah. Peter Marshall and anyway so Nick yeah. Owen did this one and they did the montage because it was the 25th anniversary as well yeah. and they play that scene and then it cuts. But so basically when Connery says, no, I'm just looking and it cuts back to Nick Owen doing a Roger Moore eyebrow going, weren't we all? And oh. I'm like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. It was, so it was kind of creepy when Connery does it and a bit odd, but it just became worse. Thanks to Nick Owen, who, who I love dearly in an 80s jumper type way. But, oh, yeah. But Nick, I, I don't know, he did Living the License to Kill as well. It was like he was the, yeah. um, he was like the Alex Zane of uh, <laughs> 80s he Bond was. premieres. Yeah, it's funny because they used to be royal premieres, didn't they? Yes, well, they still are royal well, premieres. They still are, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were great. I used, to, I mean, they. I say that in the book, and I say it everywhere. They, my God, these films—you didn't see clips of films. You might see a trailer in no. front of Fox and the Hound or something, but you would never hmm. see. So to see a full clip was amazing, mm. you know. And it still is. There's a little. Ah, oh, to see my. Uh, you know, I don't think I've seen a full clip of No Time to Die. Just trailer snippets. Yeah. Um, I remember the excitement about License to Kill because I was too young to go to the cinema to see it. Because mm. uh, I was 12 when that came out. Yeah, I was 13, but it didn't matter because I was about 8 foot 9 <laughs> as a child. So I was... Oh, so did you, did you get into License to Kill? Well, I went to a, a early screening of it anyway, where, and I was worried. I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to be let in. But it, was, it yeah. turns out private screenings are not bound by law. Um, That's all right. So I was all right. But yeah, I was kind of worried... But I was always the tall kid. 
So I, mm. I used to, uh, so when we were like 15, go and see Charles play on the naked gun, I'd go in and try and lower the voice and uh, get admission for everyone. Uh, didn't always work. Um, but yeah, license to kill. That was uh, that was a dangerous moment if you were under fifteen and living in Britain at that time. Yeah, but I remember the premiere to that and seeing all the clips of that and being so excited, but also feeling so sick because I couldn't go and see it. Yes, but did you though? Did you manage to sneak in, or did you have to wait for? No, I tried. I went with my mum, and I wore my brother's clothes, and yeah, the woman wasn't having it. Maybe you should have gone with your brother and worn your mum's clothes. Maybe that would have just. <laughs> Sympathy and shock might have uh, let you in. I could, I would have been sectioned though, probably. That was quite a big point at the time. Timothy Dalton, I remember at that premiere, was quite vociferous or vocal about the the ratings yeah. and the censor, and he said it's silly that parents can't make their choices for their kids, which has a truth in it. And when you look at License to Kill, it's it's you know what an exploding head and yeah. allusions to to a, you know a lady being. Wit uh, and the and Felix getting eaten. There's more. Yeah, it's it would probably be a twelve A now. I mean, I easily. I I saw. I came into Bond and in, you know I was seven in eighty three, and I was taken to see Octopussy against my will at the time, but I couldn't imagine my seven year old godson going to see Spectre or Quantum of Solace. I they're very different films now. Also, Skyfall's a twelve, mm. and someone says fuck in it. Yes, it's Dench, isn't it? I think. Yeah, she, yeah she's sort of which is worse than someone's head exploding. Drops the M bomb. Comedy way. Well, not the M bomb. I said, oh, do you see what I nearly did there? But the F bomb, yeah. Oh, I liked it though, the M bomb. Censors are a bit worried about it, though, well, aren't they? Well, yes, but that's uh, ridiculous, I think. It's the only place in the world where uh, a full audience can't go and see it. I mean, it is unique to England. The rest of the world, everybody can go and see the movie. It's a peculiar quality of our sense, and I don't think it's deserved. Uh, anyway, so he, Bond assures her his intentions are honourable. And um, him and Ryder sort of hit it off straight away, pretty much, when she tells me our very interesting stories about shells. And being a little bit of a badass bitch. I forget that as well. Yeah. She's They're trying to give her a backstory. And Nikki Van Der Zeel, who's this voiceover actress yes. that seemed to voice every woman in Bond for 50 years. Um, so many. Yeah, so yeah. many. And later ones as well, here and there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and also there's that Robert Rietti, who's the, almost her male equivalent. <laughs> he's yeah. he's in the film doing the the early sort of local sheriff cop that's giving him the advice because you can hear mm-hmm. Robert Rietti. Oh, God, it's Robert Rietti. I saw him once. He was actually in The Omen or Omen Two, and you oh, think, really? oh my God, who's dubbing? Who's he dubbing? Oh no, it is actually Robert Rietti. Because <laughs> doesn't he do Largo and? <laughs> Yes. I'm pretty sure there's another villain he does as well, and they sound identical. Yeah, he does them all, and the girls yeah. the girls stand. So I suppose at least Ursula just had the first um, the first incarnation of that. But I, d- yeah. I don't think she's too bad in the film. I don't, she's kind of, no. I, no, I think she's great. Yeah, there's a sort of pluck. I mean, the story lets her down, which is just tied at the end, and we'll get there. Um, and Bond's Thank a bit... Um, I This is man talk, um, and he won't... Yeah. yeah, there's a bit of that. But, uh, I think she's yeah. fine in the role. But talking of dubbing, my favourite moment in the film is the bit where they're on the beach and they have to hide because that speedboat's coming. Mm. And that man holds the megaphone, but when they when he says things, it doesn't match his mouth at all. Oh, yeah. And it, it reminds me of Jones from Police Academy. Oh, it does now. Yeah, it does now. Yeah. He, he'd be a, He's like, a, everybody on the beach, what are you doing? He'd be a devil going through the airport, wouldn't he? He'd just, he'd, he would. Yeah. Beep, beep. Um, so <laughs> what's funny about this is he's he's saying to them, you can come out, you're all fine. We'll, 
you know, if you come out, nothing will happen to you. Then a minute later, they machine gun the beach. Mm. Which I'm sure is literally shooting fish in a barrel. I don't know how many people have... <laughs> well, okay, a lot of people have died on beaches and suddenly thought of the Second World War. But, um, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm sure it's not the most uh, productive way of getting rid of people who you don't even know where they are. Then after firing on the beach for five minutes, he then goes, are you coming out? And I don't say anything. And he goes, I will, we will come back with dogs. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll, yes uh, yeah. I saw you. I know who your parents are. It's, it's a bit yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah. Oh dear! Uh, but th- they they get away, and uh, she says that she knows a place where they can go. <laughs> What's brilliant about this is that her and Quarrel start talking about the dragon, mm. which I love this bit because Bond says to her, "Of course, there's no such thing as a dragon," and she says, "How do you know dragons aren't real? Have you ever seen a mongoose dance?" Ah, uh, she's she's an agent from another Bond film. It's like, <laughs> have you seen a mongoose dance? Uh, not not until 2006, Madagascar. And it's at that point. It's at this point with Quarrel shitting himself about a dragon that doesn't exist, and her talking about dancing mongooses. He must be thinking, "The fuck am I doing trapped on an island with these two? Yeah, no wonder Strangways faked his own death with those <laughs> blind beggars. Just like, please, go, just shoot me. Well, because you never see where he went, did you? Him or the secretary? They just take no. take him from the film. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they got sent to another place. That's a spin-off film. Yeah, the two of them yeah. wake up and they're fine. Weekend at Strangways. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. I do. Yeah. Um, so, cut a long story short, they're they're wandering around and escaping from guards, and then Quarrel says he can hear a noise, and they go out, and this is where we see the dragon. Yes, this slightly weird. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I... I, it's it's more weird actually when you see the dragon return to the sort of Doctor No's base and it's sort of chundling along like it's something from a weird Doctor Who. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of the Avengers. Or yeah, like it's got that slightly mm. bouncy, jaunty fiberglass thing sat on a something else moment. Um, also, Quarrel dies. Yes, quickly, but it's still fierce. Mm. Yeah, it's still fierce. Yeah. Thank God he has his son now because he can come back yeah. and take the he legacy. Can pass on his legacy. Take on the legacy. Would you another Quarrel? Quarrel Junior Junior. I think we should. We are. I bet there'll be. Oh, I wonder if there's a No Time to Die quarrel. Like a bar will be called Quarrels. Or... Oh, there must be because it's in Jamaica. Yeah. It'd be silly not to. Yeah, I, I, I really. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but there was that big rumor Grace Jones is going to crop up. I, just, oh, mm. I want her running a bar called Quarrels. And she, well, yeah, and uh, I recommend the Mayday cocktail. <laughs> as yeah. blatant on the nose as that, but probably not. She might say, thank God you're here. I've just come from Amberley Working Museum, Wink. Yeah. Yeah, thank God you saved me from West Sussex, California. Yeah. <laughs> but Bond and uh, Honey are captured. And as you were talking about earlier, they get put in this weird shower situation uh, to be deca- decontaminated. Yeah, and it's like... See, nuclear showers to me, I just think Silkwood, where it's wire brushes and pain. Mm. And here it's... I don't know, it's like an advert for Radox. It's very chilled. Obviously, four sections will remove all nuclear matter. And, you know, all they needed was that shower at Chernobyl. And it, it probably wouldn't have gone the way it did. Well, that's what I was going to say. It feels a bit like the erotic adventures of uh, Valery Legasov. Mm. Yeah, I, I have no idea what lady you referenced there. but uh... Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the part Jared Harris plays in Chernobyl. Oh, gosh. Okay, right. Yeah. I'm still haunted by that show. Great show, great show. Oh, it's, great it's, show, yeah. Um, got under my skin literally that one i found it really oh chilling yeah. um but yeah but like i said you know she's there and she does they do that someone's obviously been told to hold up the uh 
the uh, dressing gown for Ursula as she comes out and just watch your angle on this and they don't get the right angle so we, we get a little uh, bit of um, flesh sneak there but Connery also he's, he's they were wise to the different audiences I'm not saying Dr. Nova's made for a gay gaze by any stretch but they were aware that mm. women are also going to see Bond films even to this day oh, yeah well they had to be didn't they the whole film's built around this charismatic man you'd be silly not to mm, capitalize mm, on that mm, mm. um but when they after they get drugged a couple of times they come around and they have that thing the trope that will carry on for bomb films forever where you get drugged and wake up in different clothes which means there's a point somewhere where someone stripped you and dressed you while you're unconscious yeah i mean we were wondering this because my husband said why did they drug them i said maybe it's just they couldn't risk them being awake no for idea. 12 hours because uh, they could go online and you know order things or <laughs> you know or send tweets out. It, it could just go really wrong. So they just drug them in that I feel sleepy type way, which Bond films do oh. quite a lot. It's, a lot. It's Living Daylights is the best. Yeah, it is. I'm I, I'm falling asleep here, but I can still name the drug that caught me. It's like the most elaborate drug in the world. I think it's the best drugging bit though. Uh, what, Living Daylights. Because when well, yeah, when he grabs her wrist and says, "That bruise you got, I gave it to you." I love that. Yeah, and then we'll we have the uh, the blurring, the, the screen itself blurs as yeah. well to, to reinforce it. But yeah, Ursula just does that. I'm feeling sleepy, and I'm not well. Hence, I'm shaking my saucer here. But when they come round, she's been dressed in this lovely Oriental dress, and he kind of looks like Tony Hadley's butler. Yeah, and she, to be fair, looks like something from Thunderbirds. You remember when Thunderbirds got a bit yes. confident and would go a bit Bondy and a bit Ken Adamy? And it would—I mm. uh, can't remember the characters' names, but some of the uh, the uh, lady characters in it. There was a Asian character, and she was always in these jaunty little, um, you know, sort of Far Eastern inspired patterns. And that's what I always think of. It's weird what you what you think of and associate. But yes, yeah, suddenly she's dressed. I know he's got this sort of half Asian heritage, but it's a little odd it is a bit odd isn't it yes <laughs> uh, much much like the dinner they have with dr no yeah i don't remember the dinner because or is it a frog dinner or something because suddenly he's got a frog on the table and he can crush it is that that scene that is the scene it's that statue yeah but it's um we probably need to talk about the uh chinese elephant in the room there uh yeah uh joseph Wiseman, that famous new yeah. york chinese actor <laughs> um yeah, it's uh, although um, again, my husband said he finds his delivery really chilling and make it is. Uh, he's great. Yeah, and it, he barely moves, but I think that's sort of the weight of the prosthetics. <laughs> you know, he just like, possibly there's no exp- he, sort of Botox. He is brilliant, but it makes me just wish that they hadn't bothered. It's just like the same way with Christopher Lee and Golden Gun. They haven't really bothered sticking to his ancestry, have they? They just. Because it's Christopher Lee, just because he's so he's so good in this. Yes, yeah. It's, but it's ruined by the fact that he's doing a sort of Benny Hill Chinaman. Yeah, I mean that's a big thing Hollywood's got to get its head around. I watched some of Ryan Murphy's Hollywood, which is a great uh, drama about forties golden era Hollywood. And it goes into Anna yeah. Wong. She's actually a character in it, and uh, hmm. uh, right, slightly different era. But my God, the sort of uh, yeah, the, was it called the black face and the yellow face? Yeah. Those traditions, you know, Mickey Rooney, same year nearly mm. as Doctor No. So actually, yes. Doctor No's less awkward. Problematic. Um, the whole the only have twice transformations, a weird one. More so. Weird is the word. Yeah. I mean, the set's beautiful and the moments mm. kind of cool, but it's like never mind. It's slightly insensitive in so many ways. It's 
have they not noticed that Connery's about two feet taller than all the, uh, the you know the Chinese actors they could get near Pinewood? So he's sort of doesn't matter mm. what Spock wig you give him, he's he, mm. he's not really fitting in. Um, also, he doesn't look Chinese. No, <laughs> That's the other thing. No, it's could you imagine like I don't know Daniel Craig blacking up in Jamaica or you know or, I don't know. Or, I mean, we haven't seen the film. He might. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he will. I, I have this feeling. Yeah, I'm feeling no. My name's Jason Fleming. For more than my past podcast, will see me talking to a wide range of inspiring people. People who have confronted and overcome addiction or imprisonment or both and turned their lives around. I did mad things that was hurting myself and hurting other people. Everybody grows up in a house called normal. Heroin addiction and chaos was my normal. Some people don't understand the word moderation and uh, I was definitely one of those people. The More Than My Past podcast. Yes, this is great speeches at the table, though. I love, I love the interaction between him and Bond. It's very good. Spectre, 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 Spectre. They have that. I work for Spectre, Spectre, Spectre. It's, it sort of goes back and forth. Someone needs to mash it up so it just becomes also, a loop. Connolly, the way he delivers that world domination. I love mm. it. Our asylums mm. are full of people who think they're Napoleon or oh, God. And a line echoed again in No Time to Die, where history is not kind to men who think they're God. Um, Mm. I'm not making those linkages there that some fans are making. No. Possibly a red I shouldn't say no. No. Nine. (laughs) Well, well, yeah. Because Sapphin's apparently French Polynesian for Dr. No or something. So everyone's. It's not. Also, the poster has got a club, but in the background, if you take three of the letters out, it says no. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Three letters. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, we shall see. But there's also a bit here where Honey is at the table, and Bond basically says, "Look, we can't talk about this in front of her." And they're having dinner, and they haven't had pudding yet, so she didn't get any pudding. 
Yeah, and they do that. Well, I think it's because he knows Bond. Uh, uh, Doctor No's not going to open up and tell him yeah. the big master plan whilst a lady's sat there, a lady mm. that collects shells because she just can't be trusted. She'll be selling uh, conches to the Netherlands, um, so she's just a bad egg. But yeah, it's a little dismissive, but it, it almost feels like Ursula just couldn't make the whole shoot or some all yeah. that week's filming, so we're going to have to slightly uh, sideline her. I also like the massive... This is very... Again, another Bond trope started here, and it carries on throughout the entire franchise, pretty much, where he gives the baddie a massive kick in the bollocks by saying, uh, if the toppling of American missiles compensates for having no hands. Mm. I mm. love that. I love the way he, Bond always taunts the bad guy. Mm. And it's beautifully over dinner. I think, I think Craig could almost do it a bit more. Mm. He's done it over the, the, bay, the green bays and strapped to various chairs, torture chairs. But yes. I love those scenes. Yeah, Roger Moore and Christopher Lee having dinner. and um, Brosnan did it a lot as well. Yeah, Kamal Khan and Octopussy. Uh, we've got a good dining scene in Bond for no. a while. Um, There's also the way Goldeneye turns it on his head with the interrogation. Yes. And he yeah, says, yeah. how would you like to die? And he goes, oh, is that it? No chit-chat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. and also again that spectre thing—the whole that whole world is there already. It's mm. it's I, I always like I said when we began, I always saw Doctor No as this little stepping stone, early and you say demo tape, but it's yeah. it's all there. Even the yeah. massive product—I've forgotten how gargantuan or, or the the intent of size that Ken Adam gives those sets, yes. particularly Doctor No's sort of dining room luxury pad mm. um which i i see new detail in every time yes uh but basically bond says i, I he gets offered a job really no says to him we're specter and you know what you could join us if you wanted to mm. bond says no so he calls him a stupid policeman mm. Mm. which again i love and then mm. they just beat him up <laughs> and the camera cuts away but then yeah. it shows it as it spins around the room it's like no we can't show this oh sod it we'll show the end of it yeah. and he wakes up in his cell and this is when he uses his shoe gadget again because the air vault the air oh I can't think of the word yeah those sort of pipes you mean the pipes or... yeah the air vent Thank you. oh yeah the, the the grill cup the mesh covering we'll call it a mesh covering yeah the mesh covering is electrified so he uses his shoe to knock it off that's right and then he gets and... into nose lab yeah, I, I, hang on though. Let's we bypass the pipes. I love the pipe scene. It's mm. so. I mean, that's where Norman wants still the sound uh, designer probably earned his money first on Bond. It's a real weirdness. I'm like, what is it? The sound coming through the pipes? Is it like some strange? I don't know, pulsing thing. And I like I like the cutting of it because it's obviously they probably had like two pipes and we just keep going back to them. And um, but I I think there's a. I do like that scene in the pipe. Yeah, no, it's great. It's very echo. Die Hard echoes it later. Mm, and diamonds are forever. I mean, of course, we kind of could have could have had a little passing rat stinking of bad aftershave. Yeah. A, an in joke for a film that hasn't been made yet. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't come up since either. Um, but he gets one of the suits and goes into the Doctor No's lab where they they're hoping to ruin a missile launch essentially with radio waves. Now this is where. The film, I think, again, everyone says, "Oh, Doctor, uh, Die Another Day is silly and sci-fi and mm. Moonraker." But there's a there's a sci-fi push to, from again from the get-go. But I still to this day don't. I know they're trying to tamper with the American missile program and the Mercury program and yes. all of that. But I don't understand how it ties in with the sort of Chernobyl 
power rod thing. Um, hmm. So by all means, um, I'm here to hear the uh, the nuclear. List, but I don't, I don't understand it, and also I don't understand how just spinning it round to maximum, which is i.e. most dangerous, is how bomb would get out of it. Yeah, I mean, if there are any nuclear technicians listening, please, if you want to just let us know what is happening there, because yeah, it's not yeah, in, imminently clear. And it and it all goes. I mean, I don't want to jump in because you're describing it so beautifully. But there's this sudden moment where right, everybody out, yeah. everybody out. It's over. It's done. It, we've been thwarted. There's, like, you know, whereas there's Doctor No is such a great precursor to Bond that it's still yet found some of its perhaps last act beats. Yeah, I often think many Bond Bond films drag on in the last act. They, it's often where they lose their strength and momentum. Definitely. But Doctor Knows almost too fast. It's too like, why, fast. Why are we now suddenly cutting to everyone running out and there's suddenly all these maids and chefs and cooks? <laughs> and it's literally like butchers and bakers running along and jumping off. Um, it's all because Bond sort of wanted up to a random machine and then turned it on to maximum. Yes. Yeah, yeah. which it's, it's makes no sense. And I'm sure, and I, the credits didn't quite tell me, I haven't had time to geek out and look it up but i'm sure the guy sat next to or along the strip of scientists with joseph wiseman is um actor called anthony chin who crops up in your live twice and is then thrown out of a zeppelin in a view to a kill oh yes of course i'm sure it's him and i thought oh you've been in three bomb films oh, you're a you're a future pub quiz uh, treat yeah there's a few three clubbers aren't there yes yes yeah, shane, shane rimmer the, the, the rimmer yeah shane Ron um Adams. Uh, that is a fallacy. Is it? She's not in View to a Kill. She's not in a View to a Kill. She, <gasps> this is an exclusive. She, she was there on set. Mm-hmm. I'm always quick to pick people up with this. Yeah. Uh, she was there on set. She did visit. She was in the background of a... Here is Roger Moore on ABC Morning Studios doing some uh, promo thing at Fisherman's Wharf down mm. the, uh, in San Francisco there. But she was never... She's, I asked her this. I said, were you in a View to a Kill? Now, obviously, it's guess what these these actors don't pour over their films as much as we do yeah but she said no it was an idea we had and thought of doing and then it became just a, a thing and it became just a nice little sideline of publicity but she said she, that's not her that in the slightly beige coat with the sunglasses yeah yeah that's the one everyone assumes is her yeah. that's not her um oh. so yeah shame shame so who's the other ones is burke quark is he in three oh guys in two Oh, who's the other threes? Um, well, I got one for you. Who's the first mm. actor to return to Bond playing a different role? Oh, that's a good one. Because the one that immediately jumps to mind is Joe Don Baker, but I'm guessing it's not him. No, it's a lot earlier. It's actually oh. from Rush with Love. Ah. Oh, is it um, the guy playing Blofeld? No, it's the guy playing Bond. Sean Connery plays a, a random rogue spectre agent who of looks course. like Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically, Sean Connery is the first actor to come back in a Bond film and play a different role. There you go. Another one for the That's good. But Dent in this also is Blofeld in For yes. Much Love. Yeah. They all kind of circled the home county studios. Yeah. Being, being upcycled and recycled. I think they were just mates of Terence Young, effectively, at this point. Yeah, yeah, don't knock that because actually that's no. true, and, and you see it in Thunderball as well. Um, mm. the, the mates of Fleming and that. There's a great little doc on one of the uh, ex, on the Blu-rays of Thunderball yes. where you you see the whole uh, is it the one and only club or the the, um, the clubs and the society scenes there are just peppered with proper big names of sort of British Commonwealth history. You just popping up in a bomb. I think Henry Ford. Uh, Junior is in what is in Thunderball. He's in one of the early Connerys. Wow. 
so basically, Bond and Doctor No have a fight, and this is what doesn't make sense: is that Doctor No has got giant metal claws that can crush gold statues, and at no point does he grab Bond's nads. We've got to say, how does he? How does Doctor No piss? Has he got like a colostomy, a spectre colostomy? I think he has. That's what the C stands for. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> colostomy emptying the last two letters. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe there's something we don't think about, but yeah, these you, you think Chekhov's iron glove hands, you think they mm. come back into play later, but they don't. In fact, there is undoing because they mean he can't crawl out of the whatever liquid he is in. Mm, mm. And that's where Bob Simmons really earns his Bond money because he's playing everyone in that scene. Yeah, uh, he's he, in fact that scene where Bond gets beaten up at the tail end of before is blatantly Bob Simmons. Yes. Um, and I saw through eyes only the other night and it was, it was like Bob Simmons is reflected in every mirror. Uh, less, I think it was his Pretty last. much. Um, well, there's more the Bob than uh, Sean in um, You Only Live Twice, isn't there? Yeah. Famously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, literally. Um, but uh, the, there's a guy whose story hasn't been told yet. Bob Simmons. Also, it makes sense that he's in the gun barrel considering he's probably Bond more than Sean Connery is for most of it. Well, yeah, absolutely. And he was like, you got Morris Binder and Peter Hunt and Saltzman and Broccoli, and they're always put up there rightfully, and Norman Monster as the DNA of uh, early 60s Bond. But I think Bob Simmons is, gets overlooked because he, he gave it that physicality and that stump, mm. you know, that burgeoning industry that, again, was probably going through its own uh, 60s cultural change um, and then helped out with Peter Hunt and his editing. I know Bob Simmons, I think, is the one that breaks that uh, gets blown up in Fures only. He's playing with the parked up Lotus when it the burglar protected Lotus. That's program. right. He's also one of the people that Bond beats up outside the pyramids in Spy Love Me, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, those stuntmen crop. I met actually. I was I was in a sauna once, like a, or a gym sauna, and there was a guy next to me. He was quite a buff, sort of almost military guy, quite mm. in his thirties. I thought I know your face, and then I've seen him in about. 52 Bond films since. Um, he was uh, the guy who gets thrown off the roof in Quantum of Solace. I was just say, I bet it's him. It is him. He's this big military guy. And he was mm. also um, on the submarine in World's Not Enough. And I've just seen him everywhere. It's, it's weird when you see one act, you then just see them everywhere. He does a very good piss off. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so but, but Bob Simmons was sort of the founding father of the Stuntman's Union. There's a couple of guys, there's a site, there's a Twitter account that really pushes the. Uh, the Bond history of um, yeah. stuntmen. Um, yeah, I think it's called Behind the Stunts, something like that. Yeah, and they're, like they're, that. Often, they're often pushing all the, the, the Rocky Taylors and the Roy Allens who always have these great names that we, we used to see on Bond and Dempsey and Mankpiece. And through Loving Bond, you get to know people's names like BJ Worth. Yes, BJ Worth. Yeah. Um, Remy who, uh, Julian. Remy Julian and, his, and Dominique Julian, yeah. his son. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, uh, well, Anne Bennett, she was always the, one of the yeah. um, uh, PR people. And I but, oh, yeah, it was more of the Americans, like Lynn Stallmaster. I was most upset when I saw Lynn Stallmaster was a man, and he was a casting <laughs> director. But Lynn's a man! What kind of name is Lynn for a man? <laughs> but... uh, so Bond, after killing Dr. No, he rescues Honey, who's tied up on the floor. Now, there was meant to be a scene here where she was being attacked by crabs, is the, was the not? Yes, yeah, yeah but... Um, yeah, but uh, she'd already got her special cream and was fine, boomtish. Yeah. yeah, it does feel like there's more to that scene, even like a different camera angle, yeah. slightly shot. You know, was... She's literally chained down next to her some water and there's nothing really going on. And she kind of should have done this, well, you took your time, and what was that about? Because yeah. last time we saw her, she's sort of being refused trifle. 
They should have chained her up and put like a bowl of trifles so far away she can't quite reach it. Yeah, this is the dessert you couldn't have. Yeah. Yes, yeah, screw you. That's the torture. Uh, so they escape just in time for the entire facility to blow up. And they have to have sex in a boat. Yeah. And they sort of, the only ones that can spot a boat that's tied up or um, and going. That's a, actually, that's a good shot. I was watching it going, if it's stunt doubles, they've done well. But mm. you, Connery sort of swallow dives into the boat with a bit yeah. of a cut. Yeah. Starts being everyone up. But it's Ursula Andress. I'm sure it is. Or maybe it wasn't because she was Ursula Andress even then. Yeah. But um, she climbs into and she's actually doing quite a skillful thing where she's climbing and I'm, I'm doing the rope. It's, just watch it. I'm like, yeah, she's got the bigger work on this scene. Yeah, and it was in those days where they probably had like two takes and then they had to get back on the plane and come back to London. It was There was no time to get it right. But yeah, they, they get into that boat and start the uh, the end credits. Uh, I want to say heavy petting, yes. Well, how they remained for a long time after this, that, that certainly didn't change. Mm, mm. Yes, yeah. And the, the, I'm sure Bond will go off, sail off into the sunset once again. Yeah, well, that's, that'll be an interesting pub quiz question as well. Sorry, <coughs> is how many Bond films have ended without him snogging a lady? Gone to a solace. Yeah, that's the one that springs any... to mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, just going through them. Roger shower, dressing room, <laughs> pool, pool with ceramic winking fish. Yeah. No, we're, we're, yeah, no, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Which ones don't? Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, that's Dr. No, so, Mark, we have reached the quickfire question round. Okay. Which I've completely forgot because we had a delay on doing this, so I'm going to do it raw, so let's just do wow, it. Wow, you're a brave yeah. man. All yeah, right. yeah, I, yeah, I might, this will uh, trip well, I, I'd like to think that probably out of everybody I've ever spoken to you on this podcast, you're probably the best armed. Yeah, I, I'll have my stock answers. I'll try and... I'm pretty sure you'll be all right. Yeah, go for so, it. So, Mark, what's your favourite Bond film? My favourite Bond film is... A View to a Kill. It's oh. not the best Bond film, but, but it's my favourite. Everybody's got their favourite. It doesn't mean it's the best film. For all sorts of reasons. It was, mm. wasn't the first one I saw. It was Octopus. It was the first one I saw. But yeah. A View to a Kill, it was Mark Gatiss, actually. He said, I, I know why it's your favourite, because it's the first one you anticipated and you were aware of coming. I went, oh, okay, yeah. So a That's view what to we kill. talked about the other day, yes. Mm. Mine's... Mine's um, The Living Daylights, but my first film I saw in the cinema was View to a Kill, but The Living Daylights was my favourite. Similar reason that I knew it was a new Bond and it was so exciting. Yeah, because I didn't, when Octopussy came out, I was aware, because you know, Grandad worked for the office and I would be given posters and none of, and things, things I've still got, like the cassette tape of Octopussy as a seven-year-old, here's the soundtrack to Octopussy. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but it wasn't until I saw the film and it bowled me over. I didn't get a lot of it, but I just loved it. Octopussy's a good one for kids because it's so physical as well. It's, it's hot air balloons and trains and fast and tuk-tuks and, yeah. and uh, circuses. Um, but I, I was not aware of the, the release of the film, if that makes sense. Whereas with A View to a Kill, I remember the, the song charting. I remember the behind-the-scenes little news bits. Mm. So, yeah, it's always A View to a Kill. Plus, my granddad used to drive the car that's in it and you know, and all of that. And, and it's also very – people don't always pick up on this, but it's a real cubby film. Yes. Um, it's not only is it America, which – uh, he's more of a New Yorker than a West Coast, but uh, it's Cubby's car. But Cubby was also a horse racer and was into that world, um, mm. as was my grandfather. So I kind of I have an affection for that, a long documented affection for a future. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and what's your least favourite? Doesn't mean it's a terrible film. It just means you want the one you least like. I, uh, world is not enough. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, I don't mind Die Another Day for its sort of comic book excess. It does uh-huh. slightly trip when it jump cuts. You know that car oh. jump cuts across Iceland, and it becomes a sort of Vic Armstrong trade show. <laughs> federation stunt fair like uh, it just it throws too much at itself and the dialogue becomes in italics all the time yeah. like russ abbott italics but i just find world is not enough a little more grating and tiring it, it's mm-hmm. um it's trying to there's too many characters in it there's too many henchmen there's too much side plot yeah that's meant to feed into the main <clears throat> plot so it, it, the villain's I, a bit just, underdeveloped as well considering what he could do potentially Yes, and I would have gone with Sophie Marceau. It kind of bottled out for various reasons. I mean, the film was originally, one of its working titles was Electra, hmm. And I would love to have seen them really push her character. I know it's the whole idea of Bond beating up a you know a woman at the end of the film in a nuclear bunker is... But there's ways around that. And I still think there's scope for a real, dare I say, kick-ass Bond villainess another, uh, another yes. working title for it was bond 2000 which would have been amazingly shit and naff yeah there was quite <laughs> i mean a lot a lot of the bomb films particularly the last 20 years have had lots of working titles mm. and some of them are great um once upon an m that was for spectre oh right okay um, oh no something beginning with m that right. was it um which isn't a bomb title but i thought that's, it's a good chapter title it is but yeah, world's not enough. It's just and Sophie Marceau is good to a point, but she gets really hammy when the the oil courses through my veins like blood, and it's mm. it all gets a bit sort of slightly slightly uh, Granada television. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Mark Bond is full of silly lady names such as Holly Goodhead, Plenty of Tool, and Plenty of Smallbone. Can you give me your best Bond lady name? What one that's actually in the film or a made uh, up? One? Made up one. Well, mine. I'm a big fan of Drag Race. Um, <laughs> it's this has reality. become very handy for this series, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just thought my drag name at the moment would be Corona Cyrus. Uh-huh. So I'm going to. So my Bond girl name would be Corona Cyrus or Honeymoon. We've never had Honeymoon. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Yeah, simple good. to the point. Yeah. Lots of Bond history. Honey and Moon, obviously, been done before. Could be a um, bum as well. Um, yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> Wrong audience, wrong audience. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Corona Cyrus. Okay, that's brilliant. My, uh, that's my prescient Bond girl name. And on a similar lilt, can you give me your best Bond... Sorry, on a similar lilt, can you give me your best made-up Bond film title? I'm not going to give you my title, because okay. I've still got a, I got a corker. All right. Um, okay. I, I, and I'm, I've, I've passed it through Bond HQ, and they know it, but they haven't used it. Okay. Um, don't worry, they're not using it. Um, so, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, mm, that, this might be one I can't answer. Okay. Um, Risico, there you go. That's not really made up. That's on one that part. everybody's wanted them to use for years, isn't it? Risico, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I've always liked it. I like Property of a Lady, even though they kind of used it in Octopussy a bit. Yeah, and the Hildebrand rarity. I was like, no, mm. don't have it as a B and B. Alright, how Hildebrand? Yes. Also, I'd quite like to do. You know, in the eighties when they do a sequel, they'd put two, but it'd be T O O. Go on. So for I'd, what? I'd but... like it to be like Spectre Two, T O O, where there's look another Spectre. <laughs> look who's spectering. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I will tell you off. Off air. Yeah, please do. It's, it's not that good. It's not that good. Hmm. But, um, I'll tell you yeah. mine off air that I like. Right, we'll do it. Because one day I'm going to push 
the broccolis. And I, I always say that you can have that title for a screen credit and a quid. That's all I'll need. Yeah. Also, I'd like the title um, In Spectre Gadget. Yeah. 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 Did you get the one off the floor? Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found it. Did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, you are Q. What gadgets would you give Bond in this film if you had your way? Ooh. Apart from a shoe. I don't know, a phone that didn't age. Phone that didn't age. A mobile phone that didn't age. Okay. Yeah. So not, some the opposite I, of the one in um, World is Not Enough. Yeah, and Casino Royale and yeah. all of those sort of. Um, yeah. A phone that doesn't have snake on it. It's that's always something's really aged the Daniel Craig era, apart from perhaps the gaps between films. But um, God, yeah. Is yeah the the phones and the kits, but then they they did. I'm sure the stuff in Living Let Die looks silly in 1985. Mm, true. And finally, who would you have as James Bond next? Oh, I've got always got millions. Can I give more than one? Of course. Let's say right. Let's say your um, top three. Top three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say Fassbender, but I, because his moment, I just think he's slightly lost that window yeah, of time. Agreed. Like 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 with Idris Elba, mm-hmm. zero problem with him being yeah. um, the guy that's from Luther because that apparently is a problem. Um, uh, I yeah, his window's slightly gone. Um, yeah, he's fifty. Okay. Right. Uh, there's an actor called Oliver Jackson Cohen. Keep an eye on him. Well, I say keep an eye on him. His last film was in The Invisible Man, so no one could see him. But but yeah, he's just... There's something about him. I just think... Maybe it's just because I think he's damn hot. But I just... He's a British actor doing well in America, which is... Okay, I'm looking at him now. I'm not hating that. Yeah, maybe he's a little bit sort of uh, catalogue man. But then guess what? So was Roger Moore and Sean Connery. He's got big old eyebrows, Mark. That's fine. That's fine. We'll work on that. Um... Uh, oh god I now I I'm always trying to be a bit rogue and I'm wrong on this I, uh-huh. perhaps two years ago in my head I was less wrong uh-huh. Chris Hemsworth right now I I saw Extraction I thought yeah, okay you're just he can't do light he can't do comedy as the end of Ghostbusters 3 blatantly proved but mm-hmm. there's something about him I think it's maybe it's just the fact he can do an English accent and is Australian but that may not bode well in the long run mm. um, so I'd put that out there as a random um and uh, uh, I've always liked an actor called Matthew Good. Yes, but he's but he's possibly more of a sort of fifties Fleming Bond than perhaps yeah. a twenty twenty two Bond. Um, I yeah, I would. There's a that uh, that Scottish guy Sam. I can never say his name. Sam Hoygan. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on him. I like him. Okay. Yeah. I won't say mine because everyone hates me when I say it. No, go on. You have to now. Well, I like either Dan Stevens Mm -hmm. or Henry Cavill. I forgot about Cavill. And he's often my my proper answer to that. I just just can't get how he comes across on chat shows. He's quite... um... He reminds me a bit, and bear with me on this, he's he's a bit Roger Moore combined with Pierce Brosnan in that he doesn't take himself very seriously. Um, and it's quite a good clothes horse. And I mean that clothes horse. Yeah, exactly. comp- I mean that good, in a good way. No, as absolutely, well, but... absolutely. And um, he's British, mm. and he's the right age. He's thirty-seven this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. We he yeah. did that Dunhill ad or yeah. series of ads with the helicopter and a long flowing coat. Maybe about ten years ago. It's pre him being much of a thing. Yeah. I remember thinking, oh wow, you're good. He's he's hot. I mean he. Don't underestimate the fact he was like the runner-up for Casino Royale. They yeah. do sometimes come back to their sort of and bridesmen. He, and he said in interviews all the time, yeah, I'd definitely do it. 
Yeah, and I don't think we live in the time where, oh, he was Superman, he can't do Bond. I don't Absolutely think... Absolutely not, no. I mean, how many sort of crossovers have we had now? Roger Moore was the same. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think Cavill's got scope. and um, Yeah, I'll give you that one. That's not obvious. Actually. Well, it is obvious, but it's, hmm. it's obvious because it's a good one. Yeah. Well, Mark, on that bombshell... Bondshell, yes. Bondshell, I like it. There's a bond. That's my title, Bondshell. That's not your title that you're going to sell for a quid, though. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's your film. It's going to be Bondshell. Brilliant. That goes back to that previous answer. Uh, Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Not at all. I'm glad we finally, finally did it. Finally did. And next time it won't be so long. No, absolutely no. And we'll we'll do it again in another few years, and we'll still be talking about No Time to Die nearly coming out (laughs) from our bunkers. From our bunkers, yes, watching it streamed on our phones. Thank you, Mark. No worries, not at all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me, come watch for the moon. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me make bululup soon. Underneath the moonlit sky, me honey and I come sit hand in hand. Underneath the moonlit sky, me honey and I come make fairyland. Mango, banana and tangerine. Sugar and aki and cocoa bean When we get married we make them grow A nine little child in a row Underneath the mango tree Me honey and me Come watch for the moon Underneath the mango If you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hunton and myself, Beck Hill, where we interview your favourite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Concessions. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.